friends, I hope you're doing well. I'm going to hopefully turn this mic up a little bit. And you may potentially hear some background noise of the rain. Um, it's interesting. We have had some very nice weather here in the Midwest. And I feel like spring is coming along. And it's been interesting because um, we've had these lows and then we go up high and it's been back and forth. And now we got a little bit of rain. But this episode, I want to talk about dream big. This came to me in a meditation a couple of days ago, and it really resonated with me. Um, And I was in a thought about some things that I had been hoping for. And it just kept resounding to me in my head. And it kept saying, dream big, dream big, dream big. And I don't think I'm a person who thinks small, but... I had to unwind a bit my thought process and really understand that a lot of times I play small. There are a few times in my lifetime I played big, but most of the time I kind of play small a little bit. And like you guys, I'm sure there's times when you're intimidated or scared of something new. And the big thing is we are fearful of rejection. I know that's how I can be. You know, when we're getting presented with a potential job opportunity or a potential opportunity to change our life in some way, it's a little unnerving a little bit to go through that process and a lot of unknowns. So your brain does this miraculous job to start preparing you for war. And our brains want to keep us comfortable. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to soothe us and let us know, keep going the status quo, keep doing what you're doing. This is what we know. Don't change. Don't change. And we have to understand that our brains are here to give us a purpose, and that's to keep us safe. You know, before we were civilized and we were hunters and gatherers, we had to stay alert and be aware of the imminent dangers that life at that time had around us. And we may not be hunting and gathering the way we were way back then, but I know that we are doing it in a much different way. And we have to understand that in order to keep us safe, we default to the things that we know. And that could mean a bad relationship. It could mean, you know, staying in a place that we're not really happy about. It could be being a part of a friend group that we're not really growing from, it can be a variety of different things. But again, our brain wants to keep us safe. So it whispers to us about not changing and keeping everything the same. And we have to be cognizant that this is going to happen when we try new things. And it will come up in different ways and different scenarios. It's just like, you know, with my wellness journey, um, my my mind will tell me, okay, you know, you're doing too much. What are you doing? Keep 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 things the way they are. Don't keep changing them. What if you hurt yourself? And even though some of these things may sound rational, again, it's all to keep us small because this keeps us safe in our minds, and we have to fight against that. And we really do have to affirm ourselves to say, I can try new things. Even when it takes me out of my comfort zone, I can enjoy my life and explore new things. And if I keep doing what I'm doing now, I'll never know the beauty of something on the other side. And I think 
this has come up for me in so many different ways. I was a late bloomer, uh, late in life. I didn't do a lot of things the traditional route. And I remember when I first took my ride on an airplane, I was in ultra panic, but you couldn't tell. (laughs) My face was so calm and I looked like I had been there before. And I was just a newbie. I had done all my research online uh, to kind of get an idea of what I needed to do and what I needed to bring for TSA, if that tells you anything. Because a large part of my life, I had trained myself that if I were to get in an airplane, something bad could happen and I would just lose control. And what if I didn't like how I felt in the air? And I just thought about so many different things. And then I got to a point to realize that in order for me to get off my square in the world, I would have to get there by plane, that I couldn't drive everywhere. And and there wasn't a practicality to going to other countries without plane travel. So just as life would happen, I had a business trip. And that business trip only allowed me to do a quick plane ride. And it was approximately about an hour. And I think that was really cool for me, especially being a newbie. So I did all the research, got myself together, and got through TSA, and I watched other people. I got there, I watched people, I took my time, and then it was my turn to go through the scanners and get my belongings. And I was very scared about checking my bags. And I wish in retrospect I would have did that because I had one heavy bag. But I had my bag and luckily I was so blessed to have nice people on the plane that helped me get my bag into the overhead because I'm 5'2 and it's hard for me to reach up high and this bag was pretty heavy so I had to kind of do some almost felt like gymnastics to even hoist it up and luckily some gentleman uh, behind me came up and he put the bag into the slot. And I said, oh, boy, I just hope he graces me again and gets my and helps me again. And he did. And I said, "Okay, mission accomplished. So then what I did know was I had the best seat in the house. I actually had a window seat. Now, I at the time was terrified of heights and I mildly still have some height issues from time to time, but not as bad as I used to. So I decided, "Okay, I don't want to do this. This will put me totally out of my comfort zone. So the person who got on, we were all single people, meaning that we weren't riding on the plane with other people and didn't appear. So I told them, would they be okay if I sat in the middle seat? And they were like, are you sure? Are you sure? And I said, yep, I'm sure. So I sat in that middle seat and I had my sunglasses on and I was acting like I was listening to my headphones. And little did I know the way I had my music on my phone, I couldn't play it because I didn't download it. I thought I was going to have internet, you know, internet access in this particular plane ride. I didn't. So I just pretended like I was listening to music, jamming out and just being super cool and took my little trip to Maryland and I made it there on one piece and the takeoff got me a little bit. And I still to this day, the takeoff and landing sometimes can get to me, but I did all right. I made it through and I said, huh, if I can do that, I can try it again. And it would take me a few years to get back into a plane. And it took me a little further. And I think that trip was maybe even five to six hours, Uh, maybe shorter. But it was definitely past four hours, I can tell you that. 
And I say all this to say, if I would have stayed on my little stoop of life and just decided, nope, nope, I'm just going to stay where I'm at, I would have never experienced all the wonderful travel trips that I've had to date. And guess what? Travel is something that I love to do. There was the life before I was traveling and there's the life now. And I wouldn't want to ever go back to that life where I didn't have travel. And that's the same thing I'm telling you. There's a point in your life where there's something you really want to touch, see, do, and experience. And there's the point in your life where before you do the thing, and there's the point of your life afterward. And when you look back, you're going to say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did it. So I was talking to my mom today and I was telling her that I wanted to live in a place where I was really excited about and it just wasn't functional. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate where I live today. I rent a whole house and it's just mainly me here most of the time with my cat. And on a couple of weekends out of the month, uh, my youngest daughter is here. But pretty much it's just me. And I feel like this house belongs to a family. Now, I have a family still. But this house, the layout, it doesn't fit me the way it used to. See, when I first came here, it was like a miracle. I was so grateful to be able to get in as quickly as I did. My daughter was able to go to her high school and then my middle daughter was able to easily transport herself to her college because that was the main reason why we moved here. And I didn't know a lot about this area of town and I didn't know how long I would stay over here. But lo and behold, six years later, I'm still here believe it or not. And you guys probably heard in previous episodes, I've been buying a house since we were in the pandemic and, you know, the market was crazy. And now here I sit. But my mom was talking to me about the possibilities could be endless for me. But before I had that conversation with my mom, I had my own internal conversation. And my internal conversations were, hey, this is all I'm seeing on the apartment rentals or the rent.com in the areas and it wasn't a lot and this is this amount and I don't know if I could pay this much and you know all the negative things so then you know what my brain tells me I mean you're paying less now than you will somewhere else you might as well just stay where you are again my brain trying to keep me safe and I get it rationally it makes sense but the other part of my brain is like You can afford to do more than what you're doing. You just have to take a leap of faith. Why don't you get somewhere where you're really excited about and home just gives you the giggles. I mean, you are excited and you get to decide to put all the to have all the nice nuances. Now, I'm looking for a rental. I'm not at this point in my life where I'm ready to buy. That's for a story for another day. But I'm finally at a point where I decided maybe I want to live in the city like our downtown city, that is. And I want to experience what it's like to go to the shops and walk around or maybe have a nightlife, maybe go to get coffee in the morning, maybe go to a co-ed workspace. Maybe this new place I live has a gym. Maybe I have a walk-in shower in a deep tub. Maybe I have backsplash that I enjoy. Maybe my cat's are able to enjoy looking out in the biggest window. But see, I didn't allow my mind to go there. My mind, my mind went to all the things that I was seeing that I wasn't able to get at my grasp from my point of view. And I began to have this really teeny weeny mindset 
about what I'm able to have and what I'm able to attract. And my mom even rattled off something that I never thought about. She said, well, have you thought about some of those developments? Sometimes they'll have people live in those homes just to get people over there. And again, that place would give me all the bells and whistles I'm looking for, right? Not a long-term commitment, but would have all the nuances and bells and whistles. Or maybe there could be a sublet possibility. But again, in my small thinking, I didn't even allow those options to come because my brain is trying to keep me safe and tell me what I have today and what I need to do. And when I thought about all the things my mom said, I lit up. I'm telling you, I got on my tennis shoes. I got my Apple watch and I went out to the park and people probably thought I was crazy or nauseated one because I was just walking in stride and just waving and saying hi to everybody I knew. It's funny how when you are in such a good mood, you're like infectious and everybody gets it. It's like you get to be happy with me. I get to be happy with you. And I'm just going to let this joy spill all over the place. And I just pumped my arms and fists as I walked and did my brisk walk for the day with so much excitement about what could potentially be. Because again, in my mindset, I hadn't thought about what I can potentially have. I kept telling myself what is around right now, what I think I should have. And I didn't allow myself to dream big. I had my dream so small. So I took a leap of faith I reached out to this apartment complex and I want to say I did it a couple of weeks ago. I ended up not showing up for the appointment. Shame on me. But, <coughs> excuse me, I was brave today while I was at the park and decided to text the complex and tell them, at the very least, let me come look at the facility. It may not be where I ultimately need to be, but at least let me take a look at it. And I'll tell you another person who has shown me that. It's my boyfriend. He is one of the boldest people I know. I get so excited to see his enthusiasm. And he has given me a whole new way to look at the world. And I think that anybody that is a part of your life should be a value add. If this person doesn't add value to you or expand how you think, you need to question why are you there? And I never forget when I had not thought about buying a car. It was just something in the back of the mind. And he would tell me how he would always go test driving. And I said, you know what? Why would you do all this test driving? This is weird. You're not buying a car. And he said, well, this this is so when I buy a car, I know what works for me. I'm not waiting to the last minute that I'm not trying to fit something in. I am at a point where I've tested some models and I know what works. And see, for me, I have always, prior to this last purchase, been intimidated about buying a car. The financing, the down money, understanding the contract, getting really what I want. You know, I am a girly girl and all I'm thinking about is this going to be safe for me and my kids? Am I going to be able to get back and forth? Will I have air conditioning? You know, simple pleasures. But I never thought about cars in an in-depth way. 
Now, I gotta admit, I'm never gonna be like my boyfriend. He is a car buff and that's his thing. That what makes him have his joy. But for me, I like more so things around the house or maybe some some shoes or maybe some nice shirts, you know, anything like that. That's my jam. But but it got me into thinking about, okay, I need to think long term. If I were to buy something, what would I buy? So I told him cars that I liked and what I potentially thought. And I thought that was where the conversation was just going to stop. But no, we had to actually sit in cars. We had to look at cars. We had to go online and explore cars. And I got to tell you, I wasn't that enthusiastic about it at first. And guess what happened? As life would have it, I go to the auto show and I finally see a car that I love. And I mean, I really like the car. Now I've been to the auto show before and a couple of things were just meh, you know. But again, my thinking was so small that I didn't dream big. I didn't think that those were for me. I thought, why go see stuff that you're not going to get? Again, thinking small. So I go and I get in this car and I said, babe, I love this car. This is perfect just for me. And it wasn't really big. It was just in the middle. It gave me enough SUV where I set up just a hair of a bit. I liked all the interior of it and it seemed pretty easy to work. And then if I had a couple of kids that were home from school or traveling, they can go in the back. Now, I don't do a lot of hauling, so I'm not looking for a whole bunch of cargo space, but I did have some place to put groceries. And if I need to take the cats to the vet, guess what? I had nice seats that reclined down and I could put their carriers. That worked for me. And I'm an empty nester. So the way I look at cars is so much different now. So I looked at the car and I looked at the price and I hemmed and hauled a little bit, but I said, okay, this is on the list. And I even had a dream board or vision board, as you may call it. And I put these car, I could put this particular car down. So I went on about my whole life, went to the car show, didn't think anything about it. And some months later, we went past another dealership and another car brand. And I, I like that car too. It had a really cool interior. I like the way it drove. It looked like it can potentially be what I was looking for, but I wasn't quite sold. I needed some time to see what truly worked. So then I got into another car. And this is funny because my bestie, she liked the same car too. Matter of fact, she liked the car that I tried too. So I said, you know, I feel awkward getting this car because this is my friend's dream car. And what if she wants to get the car? But keep in mind, me and my bestie stay in two different states. It shouldn't even matter, right? But I was so over that, you know. But I got in and I potentially got to see what worked and how it felt. And there were some nuances I wasn't as crazy about. But that car number one was the car that did it for me. So months go by and I'm in my Ford Escape and my Ford Escape decides to have the engine light come on. And of course, these engine lights always seem to come on when you're not ready to make a purchase or when you're just so close to paying off your car. (laughs) So I didn't think anything about it. And I thought, you know what, this will be a small fixable problem. And then when I took it to the shop and the gentleman 
you know, gave me the video of what I needed to do to my engine, I said, holy smokes, I am in the market for a car. So guess what I did? I did all my research. I thought about cars that were good for value, something that I can get new, something I can really like. So guess what I ended up getting? I went to the Toyota dealer and decided I was going to get a RAV4. And I said, I'm going to get a new one. Well, guess what I learned, just like everybody else learned in the pandemic. There weren't enough chips made and they had to order the cars and the cars weren't going to come for months. And I remember we were just about to hit spring. And I remember he said that the car probably wouldn't make it here until September or October. And I was like, there's no way I can last that long. So in my infinite wisdom, I said, let me just see and go. And I'll maybe go the used route. So I made this appointment and I spoke to this gentleman via email and I got the pre-approval and I go into the dealership and the gentleman that I've been working with have been gone. Now, I also want to note, too, that I was also doing a situation where I was going to trade in my car to go towards the new purchase. So I get there and the guy greeted me and it's on a Friday and I don't think it was going to be open too long. But I just wanted to at least do a test drive and kind of see what I was getting into. So he kind of was hesitant about showing me a newer car version of the car that I came to look at. Again, this is the Toyota dealership. This is the uh, RAV4. So he showed me some older models and the, and the bodies were fine, but it wasn't quite what I wanted. And they drove well, don't get me wrong, but again, it wasn't quite what I wanted. And the gentleman really spoke to me with disrespect. And I had mentioned to him that I had a pre-approval because he wanted to run my credit again. And I said, absolutely not. I wanted to just get a feel for what the car was and I wanted to see if it would be a good fit for me. So he then said, look, in order for me to help you, I'm going to need you to give me your social and get that information today. And I said, I want to think about it. And I wanted to really work with the gentleman that I had initially started talking to. I didn't tell him that. I just told him, hey, let me take your information and I'll get back with you. And I walked out of the store. And I remember him walking out of the store. I said, you know what? There, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm settling. I'm feeling like I'm taking this car because it's close to me. It's, it kind of meets my needs, but this isn't speaking to my spirit. So I happened to get online and I find this Lexus. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the payments and the price point was all what I wanted. And I and I kind of scratched my head because I thought, well, you could have been bought a Lexus. Like, what was the holdup? So I talked to my boyfriend about it, talked to my girlfriend about it that night. And I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. And I was going to just sleep on it. And sure enough, I got really, really confident. And I bought that car overnight. I sure did. Didn't tell a soul until I did it. So I got approved, got the underwriting. They told me what they would give me for my trade-in. But of course, there was a catch with that. A story for another day. But the transaction went fine. And there was no catch with the people I brought the car from, the company I got the car from. 
Um, everything went fine without a hitch. Um, I've had the car, it'll be a year in May and it's been treating me well. I like what I got and I'm happy to drive it. And it's been a really good fit. And I say all this to say, if I would have stayed in my comfort zone, I just would have got the Toyota 4, RAV4, and that would have been okay. But that's not truly what I wanted. And I had gotten to a point that I needed to dream big. And I wanted to get something that I truly liked. And there was no better feeling than getting something that you want and you like it. You more than like it. You love it. And every time I get in my car, I enjoy it. And I'm so glad I made the decision. And I'm so glad my boyfriend pressured me in a good, positive way to keep looking and to keep my eyes open and to be honest with myself about my needs. And I finally got the cherry on the top. And I'm so, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that. I came away thinking, boy, I wish I would have leaped out and done some different things before. I wish I wouldn't have let people get in my headspace. I wish I wouldn't have been so scary. And that gave me the fuel. So when I re go back to this quandary about where I want to live and how I wanted to look, um, I then began to say, okay, you did this and you were so successful. You can do these other things. Um, and these things may work out for you too. Don't sell yourself short. And I had to come away with that and say, okay, step out on faith. Just how you looked at those cars and you found ones that work, you're going to go look at places and some are not going to work and some are going to work. And I began to feel renewed. I began to understand that it's all in my vision. And that's what I want to share with you today. Dream big. When your vision is small, your, your life is going to seem small. And you have to see the bigger picture. And you have to love it. If you don't love it, don't do it. You know, there are a lot of things in our life that we don't get to choose. But the things that are close to us, like our clothing and what we drive and where we live, those are all intimate choices that we get to make. I can't blame somebody that, for the car that I drive or the place that I live. They're going to say, well, honey, you filled out the applications to both of those and you decided that's where you want to be. And I decided that I need to dream big. And I get to live richer. And not in a, just in a financial way, but I mean live richer on my terms. And that's what I want you to discover for yourself. That you can live richer for you. And don't keep playing small. I hope that you got some good nuggets out of this, friends. Namaste.